0: Welcome to the Ark Audio Review. This time we're doing something different. It's a Christmas special. I'm lying here in bed, it's almost one o'clock on Christmas Eve. I'm visiting family in Iceland and throughout this month I've asked the kind people of Ark to tell some stories about Christmas or something that happened during Christmas. We bring it to you now, it's kind of like... Just letting you hang out and meet all the people. So anyways, let's start with Macon. (laughs) So in 2012, I'd heard about this book that I was apparently in great need of reading. Bad sentence. I heard about this book I really needed to read. Um, And so I don't want to buy it. And Christmas was coming up. So I took my brother by The wrist, I think, or the scruff of the neck in Waterstones in York. And I dragged him over to the W section of the fiction section of the store. And the the shop's gone now. And I said to him, buy me this book. And he did. And to my surprise, on Christmas morning, December 2012, I opened Infinite Jest. And I spent five years trying to make sense of that moment. So I'm trying to make sense of this big white book i would gotten for Christmas in 2012. The steps I took to to make sense of it um, led me to falling in love with a, a Danish woman, which meant that after the Christmas of 2013, on the 29th of December, I was sitting in Gatwick Airport, waiting for a flight to Denmark.
1: So I'll talk about what is the most important Christmas and what we all care about the most, which is presents.
2: This is our Polish comrade Lola.
1: I have two amazing present memories from Christmas. The first one is when I was 14. I uh, dreamt about a new iPod. And I made it very explicit that I dream about a new iPod. So I actually found out my parents did buy it. And when they were away... Um, from home, two days before Christmas, I sneaked into the bedroom, opened up the new iPod, loaded loads of music on it, and just waited for the Christmas Eve, uh, until I unwrap my present, pull out my iPod, put the headphones straight on, and, uh, yeah, spend the next three days listening to music 24-7, though, uh, I think the best about this was my dad's comments, like, oh, uh, I really didn't know they come with music preloaded on it.
0: Just after the Christmas of 2014 on the 29th of December, I found myself sitting in Gatwick Airport, and I think I remember that that year there was a, an incident where a plane failed to take off earlier in the day, and so my, fl- my flight was greatly delayed, so I didn't get home until, well, back to Denmark until I think three in the morning.
1: When I was six years old, in my family, there is a tradition that is the smallest the, the smallest child of the family that fishes out the presents from under the Christmas tree. So I was absolutely terrified when I was fishing out this present and I couldn't find any with my name. And suddenly there was a doorbell ringing, which still is one of the biggest mysteries of my life. No one left the room, or not to my memory. And yeah, my dad said, um, I think it might be Santa, I'm like, okay, so I run to the door, open the door, and there's this beautiful, beautiful handmade dollhouse um, standing on the the stairs, and I was just like, what is going on? The dollhouse was amazing, my dad made himself, and it was almost like a miniature of our house, so the wallpapers that we had in the living room were also in the dollhouse living room, and the same for the bedrooms. And the most amazing thing about it, it had electricity. So my dad made little lampshades from cleaning products. And there was, yeah, there was a working electricity in my dollhouse. It was big enough for me to sit in it. So I think that was the most amazing, amazing present in my life. And um, I actually still don't know who rang that doorbell. It might have been my dad, but I didn't notice. But somehow, maybe maybe it was Santa. I don't know.
0: I kind of got into the habit of things by the 29th of December, 2015, when yet again, I was sitting in Gatwick Airport waiting for a flight to Denmark. Um, But the thing is, the habit also meant that I was streamlining it to avoid any sort of uh, problems that could emerge, and that meant that I ended up going very early. So I sat for quite a long time in that airport.
2: We are rolling.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Ebba, the young one.
3: Uh, So I just felt like talking about this film that I really like and that I feel is a Christmas film, even though it's not set during Christmas, it's set in February. But um, I recently found out that it actually is a kind of Christmas film uh, and it has to be a bit explained. So the film is Groundhog Day from 1993 um that i'm pretty sure everyone in the world has seen but might not realize is actually an adaptation of a christmas carol um the classic dickens story and uh i just thought i'd explain a little bit um my favorite scene that um that demonstrates this so you have in groundhog day in case you haven't seen groundhog day spoiler alert by the way but i mean it's been it's been a while so it's not really a spoiler Uh, There's a character called Phil Connors, played by Bill Murray, and he is this kind of selfish and sarcastic and really self-centered guy, Um, and he's basically the Scrooge of the story. And you can already kind of figure that out from just Bill Murray being himself, and also Bill Murray played Scrooge actually just um, a couple years earlier in another adaptation. so that way, you kind of have this like multi-layered Scrooge-ish character um, within the star of Bill Murray himself, but um, but also in the in the character of Phil. So Phil is this kind of TV metro metrologist, um, somewhat of a big shot in his local town, it seems. And in the opening sequence, we sort like um, we sort of see him walking down the street and. In this really short sort of five to six minute sequence, I want to say, uh, we kind of lay out the the whole introductory part of Dickens' novel. So Bill Murray's character is walking down the street and this homeless guy just sort of shouts out to him asking for money. And he turns away really like with this kind of twisted, sarcastic, grossed out face and and, um, unapologetically does not give the homeless man any money. And already in that five seconds, you've got that first scene um, where the charitable uh, workers come to, to Scrooge's house and try to ask for donations, and they're rejected. And only a couple of seconds later, uh, this character called Ned Ryerson approaches Phil and kind of just accosts him in the street. He's an old friend from school, supposedly, but um, Phil doesn't recognize him. He initially thinks he's a fan, so he's all excited, and then once he realizes he's not, and he's just this weird guy um, trying to sell him life insurance, he becomes really cold and impatient and dismissive. Um, And Ned invites Phil to dinner, and Phil rejects him and um, sort of walks away. And ultimately, this... Sequence is kind of. (laughs) This is kind of a mirroring of um, the part in A Christmas Carol where Scrooge's nephew comes in and kind of uh, tries to invite Scrooge to a Christmas dinner. And um, so both these characters are these kind of intrusively social, but well meaning, uh, friendly, and high spirited um, characters who um, function to sort of show. Phil's and Scrooge's, um, self-inflicted isolation and kind of meanness. Uh, and I also like to think of, um, Ned selling life insurance as being a kind of humorous reference to Scrooge's nephew's attempt to convince his uncle to like get a life as the expression goes by being social and enjoying Christmas. But, you know, you can read into that as you will. Um, and there's also just this part that, um, that I like in the opening of the original story, A Christmas Carol, where Dickens is kind of dark-humored, um, which is definitely the tone of Groundhog Day as well. It sort of takes the same um, dark-witted, sarcastic humor. So in the opening of Christmas Carol, uh, Dickens is talking about old Marley, Scrooge's partner, and describes him as being dead as a doornail and then saying... I don't, um, I don't mean to say that I know of my knowledge what there is particularly dead about a doornail. And this kind of like casual and comical treatment of death um, is continued throughout Groundhog Day as well, which is kind of generally an existential movie about this guy who keeps, you know, waking up to the same day repeatedly and repeatedly um, and basically, at one point in the film, Phil sort of breaks down and would rather kill himself than keep waking up to Groundhog Day. So we see this kind of montage sequence of his various failed suicide attempts, um, because every time he tries, he he just ends up waking up on Groundhog Day again. So instead of having these sort of ghosts of Christmas um, present and past and future, uh, you just have a more kind of modern or like existential approach from Groundhog Day. But you have the same sort of um, morbid morbid humor um, that translates really well. And yeah, so I just recommend for anyone who likes the film and who likes the story and didn't realize that they were related, because I think it's pretty unobvious. um, But it's really obvious once you see it, and it's really great to sort of pick out the details. So um, that's a Christmas movie I recommend, Groundhog Day.
0: The same is true, actually, of the 29th of December, 2016. Though, actually, I think that entire flight went without incident.
4: Wysauj Szwijand. Merry Christmas. Our other Hi. Polish comrade, uh, Franek. So, I'm here uh, to, uh, to, to uh, tell you a Christmas story, which you kindly asked me to do. I don't have many, <coughs> but I, gotta, I have one. So perhaps two, three years ago, we decided to spend Christmas not with our families, but uh, together with friends. Christmas Day was here in Copenhagen. But the whole plan was that the next day we've been uh, traveling to Berlin to uh, get uh, inside the infamous Berghain. Uh, In case you don't know it, it's, uh, it's a techno club. Uh, a mythical one it's basically uh, their place to go and party uh, so yeah we travelled and uh, to make a long story short we we had the privilege of being on the list it was still very stressful because uh, uh, it's, it's it's very tough to get in and even getting in from the list was felt really really weird and awkward and uh, well there was a lot of tension in the air, but eventually we made it inside and the night was pretty special. It was a night hosted by my favorite electronic music label, Giggling, if you don't know it, go and check them out. Uh, so there was a lot of excitement and I, I felt extremely, extremely intimidated, despite the fact that I'm no stranger to, uh, to such premises in general, but the place is really, really special, I guess. Uh, so in the beginning, I guess I was in a slightly touristy mode rather than in a party mode. I mean, I could not shake off this sense of experiencing a crazy place. There was bunches of people, even though it was pretty early. The party goes pretty much around the clock for two days, something like that. Uh, <laughs> But to the story, like music was 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 still slow, and we spent a few hours in my sister joined some other people joined and we then we took off i think we we slept some and then returned the next the next day to just basically join the same party, which kept on going uh and here's the story uh, you have to know that Bergheim is a, is uh it's a place uh, which is a little bit like a maze and labyrinth with plenty of like small, small weird corners and staircases and like it's it kind of calls for a discovery and one of, one of the places is the, again, notorious uh, dark rooms, which is basically a place where you can indulge in all sorts of physical, sexual or whatever pleasures. And I was, of course, intrigued. And at some point I thought it's a good time to go and check it out as a tourist. And uh, yeah, it's is, 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 is like stairs leading up and there is different rooms, I guess. But they are definitely pitch dark, as the name suggests. So it was pretty tough to navigate around, but I made it to the top. And this final, final room was indeed just pure blackness, darkness, like I couldn't see a thing. And so I stepped in and here is, I guess, my Christmas story, the, the crux, crux of it. And uh, suddenly I felt somebody's hand on my crutch, really gently caressing me, to which my reply was, uh, as I recall it, very calm. I was like, oh, uh, hi. Uh, No, listen, uh, I see what you're doing here, but it's not what I'm here for. I'm basically here to just, I don't know, take a look around, which I guess was weird in in the pitch black darkness of a place. And then the guy was like, oh, so sorry, so sorry. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, of course, how could you have known? Like usually people who come here, they come for this, basically, I presume. But I was like... Well, taking the occasion that I'm here, and you're here, like can you like explain me a bit about the place, and could you like give me some insight? He was like, "Oh, yeah, for sure, and then I basically got a guided trip uh by a veteran of a place as I found out who I don't remember the name, but I remember he said he's basically spending his weekends there or been spending them for the past few years uh and then, like we ended up like having all sorts of chats. I remember asking this question like, "So can just everybody have sex here?" Or it's like, "How?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, for sure." Like you just go ahead. And actually, people did as we talked. Well, and then we then we just ended up having a beer. My poor German uh, did not allow me to. I in much detail, but I will still recall this, this venture, this trip, like <laughs> as a very special Christmas experience, I guess. And then, of course, the party continues and we did not stay till the end because that was just sheer impossibility because it just kept on going forever. I remember a lonely trip back home through the empty Berlin streets, uh, somewhere in the morning maybe it was still the night uh and yeah and then of course like yeah you feel funny uh because then uh yeah your parents ask you like so how is your christmas and you're like yeah it's good berlin is belling is really cool you know and we have a lot of fun don't worry like everything's fine uh yeah so that was my christmas like uh It was fun, I guess.
0: I've already booked my ticket for the 29th of December, 2017. And
4: I'm leaving you with a song I
0: wrote and recorded almost exactly one year ago. It's kind of my take on Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. Just minus the sleigh bells.